An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 355, submission number 853, New Monkeys. Don't you mean new- the New Monkeys? Yeah, no, it's, I think officially, it's-, it's officially titled New Monkeys. Just new monkeys, not just the. new monkeys. It's like there, new Coke. There's no article in there. It's just there's new no monkeys. article. It's not, this already is off to a bad start. Oh. It's, uh, did I mention it was like new Coke? By the way, that will be relevant later. Yes, Yankees man, that is the correct reaction. New monkeys aired in syndication from September 14th to December 7th, 1987 for 13 episodes. Here we go. Walk down the street. Get the funniest looks from everyone reading. That actual theme music. Hey, we're the new... Oh, new monkeys. <laughs> the new... Hey, we're the new monkeys. We're black. Never the same room. Monkey around, but it's not that though. Oh, I wish that was the first mistake. <laughs> yeah, now for better or for worse, this is the theme to New Monkeys. My name is Helen, and I live with these four rock stars in a house you're just never going to believe. How do you not have the original theme? How do you not have the original theme? Because I mean, that, because that was so 1967 and this is 1987. But you can at least redo the theme. I was watching the run, which, by the way, is on YouTube. If you know where to look, wink, wink. And the thing of it is, I had to give Mike and Greg the mission of convincing me that this is not some sort of nostalgia-tinged new wave fever dream. They failed miserably. Because here we are in 1987 and a bunch of middle-aged fangirls, right? They're turning on the television, expecting to see a middle-aged Davey, Peter, Mike, and Mickey. Instead, they get... Larry, Jared, Dino, and Marty. Hey! Hey! You're not the monkeys! You're phonies! Big fat phonies! So, the story, we have to go, obviously, back to 1966. And Bob Rafelson and Bert Schneider getting together and creating their band for television. Obviously, they end up with Mickey Dolenz, Davy Jones, Peter Tork, and Michael, don't call me Mike, Nesmith. And for two seasons, and countless years afterwards, and at least one week in the theater, the Monkees were the IT pop group. They were the hip-hop group, I want to say, after the Beatles became, you know, experimental. That's a good word, right? Experimental? 
Sure. Yeah, that works. But yeah, NBC decided, you know what? Two seasons, 58 episodes. That's good enough for us. And, you know, they were relegated to the dustbins of history, especially with that movie Head, which I guess was their take on A Hard Day's Night. I don't know. And their songs were relegated to the oldies stations. But a funny thing happened on the way to pop culture antiquity. In 1985 or 86, the monkeys became cool again. Yeah, didn't they get like a lot of playtime on MTV? They did get a lot of playtime on MTV because remember, in the early to mid-80s, MTV was still a musically centered uh, network and they would play pretty much anything including reruns of The Monkees. The kids found the reruns of The Monkees, and as would happen with Speed Racer 10 years later, all things Monkees were cool again. Enter Steve Blauner, former partner of original Monkees creators Bob Rafelson and Bert Schneider. He got the idea to see if he couldn't catch lightning in a bottle twice. So, much like Bob and Bert did 20 years ago, he decided to put the call out for actors who can sing, play musical instruments, and make complete and utter fools of themselves. And this is basically what happened in that Halcyon era. Take a listen. This is from YouTube user Vincent Dawn. Those are the new monkeys. But where did we find them? It all began on this long line for an open call in New York City. If everyone on this line had laid down end to end, it would have been much longer. There was a lot of monkey business going on on the west side of Manhattan today. New monkeys in a new television series. Today, Columbia Pictures Television began a search for four new monkeys. Thousands waited hours to audition for a spot in the new monkeys television show, a remake of the 60s smash. Who's next? People all Hi. 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 Well, what we're doing is we're looking at people, meeting them, saying hello, and trying to see if they fit our image of what we'd like as a rock band. Which is? I don't know yet. What's your acting experience? Have you ever played with Barnyard Animals? How does it feel to be number 765? It's my first audition. I've never auditioned for anything before in my life. Of course, I haven't had much of a life then, but that's uh, not your problem. Now, would you like me to look straight into the camera, or...? My name is Dino Kovis. I'd like to do for you my impersonation of Marlena Dietrich. Can I take off the mic? Yeah. yeah. You know how to do handheld camera work? Can I put it on your shoulder? Forget that. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> hey. I will believe you if you say it's true. You know that I need you more than any word spoken One fine day You're gonna want me for your girl It's um, Christ's agony in the garden So that's kind of appropriate for this moment, I think Someone's knocking on the door Somebody's ringing a bell Turn it off Turn it off Turn it off!
They also took with them enough Polaroids to wallpaper their office. Now it was time to decide who would be selected for the final screen test. They didn't have a lot of time. Luckily, they discovered that by blinking their eyes quickly, it would seem like they were working really fast. Did we mention that one of the 5,000 people in line was a very young David Spade? Yeah, in fact, he's discussed this on the SNL podcast he does with Dana Corvey. It's in the Vanessa Bear episode. His experience with that is discussed right at the top of the episode if you want to listen to it. Needless to say, he was taught, yeah, you don't have to play any instruments. It's the new monkey, so it's like you don't have to do crap. Okay, maybe it's just me watching this little video pilot, whatever you want to call this. Where was the humor? Were they trying to be funny? That was horrible. You know what the highlight of that package was? The end! No! The two-second clip of Sue Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) That's a valid answer. That is a valid answer. That was painful to watch. I gotta say, well, first off, about a minute, minute and a half through, I was ready to like hit a gong. It's like, no, this is like gong show. Bong, you're out of here. But also, I'm glad that we saw that little bit of footage because I died. And, and Greg and, and Chico probably saw my reactions when that one person was singing Let Him In. Just because when I hear the song Let Him In, and this is something we got to cover one day, if somehow we got to make a mini soda out of this. When Burt Parks sang Let Him In at the 1976 Miss America pageant. <laughs> if you've never seen that, oh my God. They're not ready, Mike. They ain't ready. They ain't ready. What, what? Our listeners aren't ready for that? They ain't ready. Oh, they're plenty ready. That's all that it reminded me of. I could just see Burt Parks standing there. With this bad lip syncing going on, and then these three dancers gyrating to them. <laughs> That's what I'm taking out of this. I'm sorry. It isn't, oh, we got these four people, and they're going to be the new monkeys. Yay. And they showed off their humor, and holy crap, the 80s hair that was going on. No, my take is that guy actually didn't let him in, and it reminded me of Parks in 1960. All right, so to hit fast forward, a bunch of people were called to Hollywood to participate in an improv, impromptu callback, testing both their musical chops and their acting chops. And ultimately, the producer and the creators landed on four people who would be the new monkeys. We have guitarist Jared Chandler, bassist Marty Ross, drummer Dino Kovas, and lead guitarist and vocalist Larry Saltis, the pride of Akron, Ohio, until some guy named LeBron came along. Until he did the new monkeys, then Akron's like, nope, we nope. don't know who you are. Bye. Nope, no clue. Uh, Yeah, normally I give you like a whole drawn out biography of each of the cast members. However, under penalty of electric shock, I have prepared the following statement. They haven't done anything of note before this show, and they haven't done anything of note since. And I feel like I need to state that I did tell Chico before the show, if he used the phrase... Where you might know him from at all describing these four new monkeys, he's getting zapped. I, I will take like a professional grade, you know, animal zapper and just give him a little shock therapy. So good on Chico. He's not getting the zapper. I'm not getting the zapper. Not today, anyway. Not for that, no. So here's the plot of the show. Whereas in the 60s, you had the monkeys 
getting into zany adventures in and around Los Angeles, trying to score their big break, we have four musicians getting into zany adventures and a mansion that I'm pretty sure runs on Time Lord energy. Because they have this B-roll of the mansion, which, by the way, looks like a giant boombox. And inside the mansion, there are countless rooms and hallways. And instead of a kitchen, there's a diner. And instead of a maid, we have lovely Rita, who is the resident waitress. Oh, lovely Rita. Get it? It's a Beatles reference. Also, I just need to say, this was five years after Madam's Place. Apparently, Madam, with her TV studio in her mansion, has now just been outdone. There was a diner inside. By the way, Rita, played by Bess Mata, played Ginger in the original Terminator. Oh, at least she did something with her career. Oh, sorry, oh. guys. Oh, Oh, the supporting actors are actually more well-known, kind of, sort of, than the actual band. For example, Running the Mansion was an AI, which kind of, sort of, reminded you of a static screen meeting the lips from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And they called her Helen. And Helen is played by Lenny Godfrey, who played Sal in 1991's B.I. Warshawski. Wow, what a deep cut, B.I. Warshawski. Yeah, and she was also in six episodes of future entry 704 Hauser. You know 704 Hauser is, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the spinoff slash continuation of All in the Family. Yep. Didn't have Jerry Hauser, did it? No. Oh, well, I don't care. The lovely and talented Jerry Hauser was not in this. But yeah, Liddy Godfrey played the voice and the lips of Helen. And rounding out the cast is Gordon Osheim, who played the butler Manfred. This was his very last IMDb credit. Well, normally I would say way to go on a high note, but no. This wasn't a high note to go out on. This literally is his only entry where he appeared on more than one episode. So this was a high note, Greg, if you think about it. Was it really? My asses was a high note. It lasted 13 episodes. <laughs> Combined on every other show he did, he did less than 13 episodes. I think that's going out on a high-ish note. Yeah, how many episodes did the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show have? I rest my case. They had 15 or 14, so they had more than the new monkeys. Is yep. that going to be like the eternal punching bag on this podcast? Everything is going to go back to the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show? Yes. How long did this show last? Did it last as long as the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show? No, this show lasted 13 episodes. Hudson Brothers lasted 15 episodes. So congratulations, Hudson Brothers. You officially outdid the new monkeys. Yeah, that's really something that they should like hang their hat on. Yay? Well, they can hang their hat on something because please remember that one of the Hudson Brothers is the father of Kate Hudson. And correct. Oliver Hudson. And also Oliver correct. Hudson. And he also got it on with Goldie Hawn. That right there is a victory and a half. Yeah. That's the dream. Like, who else could say that? Him and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Can anybody from the New Monkeys say they hooked up with anybody reasonably close to Goldie Hawn? No. Maybe they found somebody in the soup line. I don't know. No. Remember I made a reference to Coke earlier in this show, and I said that was going to be relevant? Right. The producers of this show were the same producers who produced the original show. And that would be Columbia TriStar Television. Or back then it was Columbia Pictures Television, who in that era would be owned 
by the Coca-Cola company. And suffice it to say, they wanted to make Fetch happen. I have found in my research a Coke promo featuring the new monkeys. Now, is this for the new Coke or is this for Coke Classic? Since Coke Classic came around this time, like 87-ish. Yeah, this is for Coca-Cola Classic, so. Okay. As you can see, they're really pushing this group. And yeah, they're playing the, they're playing the uh, longish version of the theme music. Interspersing images of Coca Cola. Turn it off! Yeah, enough of that. That was awful. That was terrible. That was awful and very shameless. It was so bad that we didn't even see the whole thing. Chico stopped showing the commercial at like the 106 mark and it was a minute and 30 ad. So that's how bad it was. Chico's just like, yeah, we, we got to pull out. This is, it isn't even no bueno. This is like, like 10 times worse than no bueno. That is horrible. I mean, I get okay. the corporate synergy and all that, but that was a piece of junk. It was. Guys, you think that's bad? At least when the original monkeys went on zany adventures, it was to further the cause of there being a struggling band looking for their big break. This is just zaniness for the sake of being zany. Yeah, they're not trying to find a big break. We said they live in a mansion that looks like a boombox with a diner built inside. That runs on Time Lord technology, apparently. It's a mansion with blackjack and hookers. Well, there probably was blackjack and hookers there. Yeah, the show didn't last long enough for us to see the blackjack and hookers, apparently. So, what kind of zany adventures can you get inside a mansion that's bigger on the inside? <sighs> Let's find out, shall we? Episode one. Weather the storm. A personal storm cloud follows Dino. It's raining. It's snowing. It's hailing. But only on him. Ha ha ha. That sounds so entertaining. At the end of this episode is when I told Mike and Greg, y'all need to convince me that this is not just some nostalgia-fueled fever dream. They could not. There is even a guest star that has literally not done much of anything of any note. So we're just going to move on. Actually, doesn't even have a character name. Does no, not even have does a character ha doesn't name. Doesn't have a character name. But I will say, Jody Russell, she was on two episodes of Silk Stockings and apparently played the female lead in the Air Supply Making Love Out of Nothing at All video. Oh, well, that's more than what the four new monkeys have combined. Hey, you know, good job, Jody. No, really, take a look at their IMDb's. I there should did. be like tumbleweed, yeah, going across your page when you go there. I did. Episode two: All my Martys. Marty falls asleep on a copy machine. Just then, Jared has a power surge in the laboratory. Yes, friends, this mansion has a copy room. A laboratory and a diner. All in the mansion. All in the mansion. Okay, I got one question. Yes. When he fell asleep on the copy machine, was he sitting down on the copy machine? And so all the copies had like his ass on them. 
paper. No, no, he didn't, Greg, because that would have been funny. I know it's the wrong character, but for uh, some reason, I'm thinking about Rob Schneider, not David Spade, saying, making copies. <laughs> now, let's think about the alternate history if David Spade was on this show. And he said the line, and it just came to him. <laughs> his ass on the uh, copy machine. It would have had at least four seasons. Would have had four seasons. Like Scorch. Like Scorch, yes. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the B-plot yet. Oh, oh yeah, the B- yeah, we haven't even gotten to the full capsule. We just talked about a copy machine. Oh, and a copy machine, a diner, and a laboratory. Where Jared was working on a three-necked base, if you can believe it. A three-necked base. A three-necked base. So he's a Dr. Mephesto of guitars? Like Apparently he can put, so. He can put multiple necks just like how Dr. Mephesto can clone multiple asses onto animals? Yes. Another benefit of genetic science, of course, is combining animals. Like these donkey apes, bunny fish, squirrel donkeys, and more. Once we put more asses on these, we will truly be benefiting science. Will you please explain how that benefits science at all? What's your name, little boy? Super Craig. You see, Super Craig, once we know how to do things to animals, we can hopefully apply them to mankind. You think having more asses is impossible? I tell you it's not. Yeah, speaking of clones. Anyway, the B-plot. The mansion is now in an alternate universe of Marty clones, while Russell Johnson, the professor from Gilligan's Island, stops by to help out. That's not a good idea. He couldn't fix a hole in that damn boat all those years. And if the professor's so smart, how come he couldn't get them off the damn island? He couldn't build a raft to get them off the damn island. This guy's supposed to be a genius. If I were freaking Gilligan and the Skipper, I'd just throw him into the ocean and have the sharks eat him. Useless. He's absolutely useless. Mr. Howell could have done a better job of the professor Mr. getting Howell all of them. Anyway, we have a that guy from that thing who's going to show up twice during the uh, run of this show. Playing an old man, Billy Beck. I only bring this up because he was in episodes of Night Court, The Wonder Years, the original version of The Tick from 2001. Not the uh, Amazon, was it the Amazon Prime version? The Amazon Prime. No, this is the Patrick Warburton version. Yes. The Patrick Warburton superior version. one that we're going to cover one day because it only ran like what eight episodes, but it was great. Yep. Also on episodes of Amazing Stories and Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Now hold on, Amazing Stories. Are we talking about the original Spielberg version or the Apple TV Plus version? The original Spielberg version. Okay. He was also in an episode of Previous Entry: The Last Precinct. But yeah, he couldn't be in the uh, new version of The Amazing Stories because he's been dead since 2011. Oh, well, that's awkward. Episode 3. Test Tube Tube. Dino inhales vapors from test tubes that create TV sitcom characters and turns into June Farnsworth. A surprise awaits him in the lab as the boys try to deal with the sitcom mom version of Dino. Gee, a surprise is waiting for them? You won't believe what happened! Okay, this sounds really friggin' stupid, but I want to give a little bit of credit to the writers. The name of the character he turns into, June Farnsworth? Maybe a tribute of some sort to Philo Farnsworth? And June Lockhart. Again, I think it's brilliant. Or Barbara Billingsley's Barbara Billingsley's character in uh, Leave It to Beaver is named June, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, June Cleaver. Yeah. But again, I, I think using the last name Farnsworth, if that's supposed to be an homage to Philo Farnsworth, since he created television, I think that's absolutely brilliant. This might be the smartest single thing about this stupid show. No, there's one more smart thing, and it's, it has to do with the cast. 
Oh, darn. I thought you were going to say that the other smart thing was going to be the cancellation. Okay, so he doesn't have a character name, but he is in this episode. Charlie Brill. Oh, Lipschitz from second reference to this show. Silk Stockings. He was not the man meat of any week. No, no. He, was the, he was the boss. No, and as I mentioned, he was in the Trouble with Tribbles episode in the original Star Trek and then reprised that same role in the Deep Space Nine sequel episode many years later. Next episode, Minister Bob. Jared's uncle Bob becomes an evangelical minister. Visiting sumo wrestlers develop a singing act and help the guys restore order at home. Oh, oh boy. We have a couple of names here. I don't have a cast listing for whoever played Uncle Bob, but I know Mindy Sterling is in this episode. It might be Wayne Morton, who doesn't have much on his IMDb, who played Uncle Bob, and he'd be old enough to play an Uncle Bob. But yeah, he wasn't in much of anything. But Mindy Sterling, who is also in this episode, yeah, y'all know who Mindy Sterling is. Even if you don't recognize the name or the face, if I were to say Ralph Arbissam in the Austin Powers movies. Oh yeah, you see the face, you know who she is. Very recognizable. She's also a semi-rag on the Goldbergs, which, by the way, is ending this season. But Greg, Greg, yeah, Greg yeah, you're not gonna believe who plays the two sumos. Okay, who plays the All two right. sumos? The first sumo was somebody we talked about in the Saved by the Bell Hawaiian style episode. Oh, Glenn Chin. Okay. Second sumo. Okay. You ready for this? Okay. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Yeah. It's played by. Professor Toru Tanaka. Oh, that's fantastic. Professor Toru Tanaka making a case for the it was a thing on TV Hall of Fame. Professor Toru Tanaka. I mean, he's a big guy, but I don't picture him as like a sumo. Maybe. Hold on a second. Professor Toru Tanaka was tag team partners with Mr. Fuji. Okay, kayfabe wise, in my mind, okay. Maybe Professor Toru Tanaka told Mr. Fuji about Yokozuna. I'm just going by kayfabe-wise, not shoot-wise. Episode 5, Rough Day, spelled R-U-F-F. Jared tries a brain experiment with a dog and gets his wires crossed. Time is running out to get back to the lab and find a way to get up off of all fours. One name that keeps popping up in these episodes that we haven't talked about yet is Edie Robinette Petraki, who seems to be playing the voice of whatever in the mansion. And the most notable credit I can find is as a member of the sound department in The Nightmare on Elm Street for The Dream Master. Episode 6. Don't touch that dial. Larry and Dino are catapulted into an evil parallel universe when Dino disobeys Jared's warning not to touch a certain red dial in the lab. Their plans to return home are complicated when Larry falls in love with the alternate universe version of their maid. And said person, Carlene, is played by Star Andrea. And I only mention that person because they have a song called Carlene in the episode. Yeah, by the way, like the original Monkees, there are two to three songs in every episode of the new Monkees. And they all suck. And they all suck. And that comes to bear with our midpoint episode, Monkey Mail, which is basically viewer fan mail as a framing device 
for all of the weirdness. The official logline is, the boys decide to answer some fan mail. The result? They meet some interesting fans. Among the interesting fans they meet, Mike, you may have heard of this group. Greg, you may not have heard of this group, but they were a really big group of singers who saw a career resurgence in the mid-80s. The Del Rubio triplets. Oh, yeah. They made appearances on Pee-wee's Playhouse. They even made an appearance on an episode of Married with Children. It's the season two season finale. I think it's a season finale where Pig's relatives come to visit. And they're a very weird bunch of uh, relatives. Again, very bizarre, not unlike New Monkeys. But, oh, yeah, they had a big resurgence in the late 80s. Yeah. In fact, Grammy-winning songwriter Ali Willis, who, by the way, wrote the theme music to Friends, in case the name is familiar, credited with rediscovering the Del Rubio triplets in 1985 and presenting them at her parties where they garnered much notable attention. They covered Whip It by Devo, Neutron Dance by the Pointer Sisters, Ding Dong the Witch is Dead from the Wizard of Oz, Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals, These Boots Are Made for Walking by Nancy Sinatra, and Hey Jude by the Beatles. Suffice it to say, they had a career. And like my father, born in the Panama Canal Zone, believe it or not. Well, not only did they have a career, but they had a career resurgence. Mm -hmm. Sadly, none of the Del Rubio triplets are with us. There's also a bit where Steve Hernjack is taking the role of Dino for an episode. Although, if you look on the music video, you can clearly see Dino is playing the drums. Steve Hernjack, not known for anything. And there is a sketch where Dino is in Dino's kitchen, where he attempts to cook spaghetti with his feet. So, yes, more of the zaniness, and yeah. Episode 8, Larry Leaves. Larry takes it upon himself to cast the role of his girlfriend on the show. His girlfriend, no name. Are you ready for this? Playing the role, Felice Schechter from season one of The Facts of Life, and also Zapped. Oh, yeah, Zapped. And also zapped. That's the only way you can say that. And also zapped. And also zapped. Hey, we do have another name, though. Well, kind of. Jim Piper is in this episode. The only reason I mentioned Jim Piper, he was the voice of Space Ace in the Space Ace segments of previous installment, Saturday Supercade. I remember when that was my money in the bank. That was your money in the bank. That's another reason why I bring see, that up. Yeah. That's see see Mike, that's how you do a money in the bank pick. No, no, no. <laughs> you guys said that Madam Spice was perfectly fine. It was. I made some amends. Okay, you yeah. Did. Yeah, again. No. Yeah, and what is that. Greg showing me now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sweeps Oscars. That's the line, and that is also the story. Okay. So, as I was trying to say before, Craig showed that image. You know, I did have two bombs, or at least a bomb and a half, with You Don't Know Jack. And I'm not even going to say the show. That's going to be like the Voldemort of this show saying Hudson Brothers Ransom Dazzle. You show. just said it! Well, I had to define it for the people at home. But, yeah. Greg, the the Greg. less said, the better. Greg, save me. All right. Since you didn't describe what the picture was, let me just share it with the listeners. I'm sharing a picture from the Onion Book R-Dub Century with the headline, Zap Sweeps Oscars at the bottom. 
There's Scott Mayo holding two Oscars. He wishes. I think I'm going to copy that book somewhere. I need to look for that. Our Dumb Century. Yeah, oh, I do have that book. Yeah. Hey, you already do have it. How do you know? Are you in my library, my personal library here, Chico? Stalker? No, you just huh? strikes me as the kind of book that you would totally own. Uh, no, back in the day. Well, no, Randy and Maja bought it for me as a gift. So, yeah, I did not spend any money on it. Well, at least you have a good book to remember, Randy, by unlike the Dilbert books. Oh, and I did get rid of those. Those I trashed some years ago, so there's no stink. You canceled Scott Adams long before that. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, long before Scott Adams got canceled and is the newest Mr. Black in our little canon. Yeah, I got rid of him because... He's a jerk. Let's just say we will never be covering Dilbert on this show. I don't care. And it's a shame, too, because that theme song is pretty awesome. Anyway. And Chris Elliott was good as Dogbert. That's exactly the reason I'd cover it, is Chris Elliott was Dogbert. But, yeah, good job screwing that up, uh, Scott Adams. So congratulations, Scott Adams. You screwed the deal. Anyway. Before we die anymore, because there are still a few more episodes, I think we need to take a syndication-style break of era-appropriate announcements. Oh, well, let's take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Saturday at 7.30, live and in stereo, the L.A. Clippers take off against one of their fiercest rivals, the Boston Celtics. Look for Mike Woods and Ken Norman and Reggie Williams to take action against Boston's Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Robert Parrish as the Irish try to stop L.A. in their hometown tracks. Who will grab the winning score? The action's hot when the Clippers take on the Celtics, live and in stereo from the sports arena, Saturday at 7.30 on Channel 5. Did you know that anyone who cares about kids in school can belong to the National PTA? I do. Me too. Even grandmas and grandpas can join. And single people and people without kids. Yeah. Well, you get the idea. Come on, join the PTA. Kids are counting on you. Teddy, the dishes! Okay, Mom! Now, or unglue them later! Okay, Mom! Theodore in this lifetime! And get them so clean they shine. Shine? With this guy? Joins the name and shines the game. Ready, Teddy? But this is dried egg. Teddy Joy attacks even dried on egg and cleans all the way to the shine. The gum's good. And catch that shine. What a lemon lie. <laughs> lemon Fresh Joy gets dishes so clean they shine. The dive. The treasure unveiled before your eyes. Return to the Titanic live. Coming October 28th to Channel 5. Hey, got the hungry Big B. Big B, the one I need. Pop up in a craving. Quarter past three. Baby Ruth, Big B on the money. Only one gonna satisfy me. Baby Ruth, Big B, funky good times. It's a main attraction. Hey, where'd it go, Mike? Thanks, Doki. Doki Williams, what are you doing here? Watching a great athlete. Would you like some chew? How about some snuff? No way. Us guys that know realize what it can do to you. It can even cause cancer. And it can be harder to kick than cigarettes. And guys, it doesn't do much for your social lives. Smokeless, Smokeless isn't, isn't harmless. harmless. I'm at my wits end. That's a short trip. <laughs> On the next Punky Brewster, Alan gets hit with some bad news. We decided yesterday that we are getting a divorce. This is one side-splitting split-up. We're talking mock conversation, <gasps> mock feelings, <gasps> mock whoopee. Don't miss this battle of the sexes. I've always thought that your mother and your father were pretty well matched. No, my mom can take it. Punky <laughs> Brewster, Wednesday at 7.30 on Channel 5. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Sugar Daddy, some things never change. Sugar Daddy has the flavor which lasts a lifetime. For fast relief of acid indigestion, use 1,000 milligram strong extra strength Rolaids, the only antacid in an assortment of mint flavors. 
Yipe Stripes, Fruit Stripe Gum, four fruity juicy flavors. Share, dare, chew it, blow it. It's Yipe Stripes, Fruit Stripes Regular and Bubble Gum. So while we were waiting to come back from commercials, we were talking about NIL deals for this show and Boban Marjanovic's career in commercials. It was fun. Now let's get back to the new monkeys, where we are caught with the king of space and time. That's episode nine. Jared is caught in a TV universe where he meets the girl of his dreams. They have a chance to find the remote control to click their way back to reality before they are trapped forever. Play the girl of his dreams, Courtney Gebhardt. Fun fact, Jared was married to Courtney Gebhardt after this show. They've since divorced. Episode 10. Meet the Pope. Oh, God. Wait, this has the Pope in it? I'm guessing there's going to be um, footage of the Pope, but not the Pope himself. Oh, I wish JP2 was on this show. That would have improved this show so much. My You're boy just going to have to settle with the footage of it. Oh, I wish my boy JP2 was on this show. Your boy JP2? Yeah, that's what everyone called him, JP2. No, 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 you said your boy JP2. He was my boy JP2. He was my Pope. Okay. Chico, Chico, help us. With all due respect to Pope Francis, and he's a great Pope, he's not even the ballpark of JP2. Boy, yeah. I wonder how you feel about your boy Benedict XVI. Oh, he was never my boy. Screw him. It's like the Francis, old just, hey, he just died boy. recently. Let's put some respect on that name. No, he's the old love American style of popes. To me. <laughs> the old American style of popes. We haven't even talked about what this episode is about. Pope John Paul II is in town, and the boys are caught up in the Pope mania. Remember when Pope John Paul was in L.A. and everybody had to go see him? Everybody wanted to see the Pope-mobile. Yeah, they discovered that the Pope has left his guitar at the diner. What? So they must... Wait a second! <laughs> I'm sorry! Wait a second! No, hold up! Hold up! Hold up! <laughs> Time out! How the f*** did he get into the diner? Hold on, I got a question. Wait, wait, you're wondering about how he got into the diner? I'm wondering when the Pope started playing guitar. Did they teach guitar in Poland? Probably. I didn't know JV2 loved rock and roll. Maybe they smuggled some guitars past the Iron Curtain back in the day. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, that would explain where Kraftwerk came from. Anyway, they must run downtown to return the guitar to the Pope. And along the way, they begin to wonder if anyone really realizes the significance of the Pope's visit as they encounter shady characters who are exploiting the Pope's image to make a fast buck. And among the people who want to help the boys, a huckster played by... Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Oh, wow. Legendary boxer Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Native of Youngstown, Ohio. And actually, recently, he started uh, having his own line, I want to say of, like, rum or something. Some sort of alcohol. And he's actually been in, like, the Youngstown area promoting it a lot. But hold on a second. Ray Boom Boom Mancini is going to be in a future entry because I found like last year on YouTube this bizarre like wrestling pay-per-view that he hosts called the Bodyguards versus Bandits pay-per-view. It's this weird ass wrestling pay-per-view. <laughs> and somehow he's hosting it from Alcatraz? What? I don't get it. Oh, and I should make an instant correction here. It's not rum that he sells. It's whiskey. Boom, boom, bourbon. Oh, nice. Another name in this episode, and we talked about him before, 
Phil Proctor. We talked about him in the uh, Starland Vocal Band episode. Because he was part of Bergman and Proctor. And? And he was also on several weeks of the match game Hollywood Squares Hour. And? He was on Rugrats as Howard DeVille. So yeah, Philip Proctor. He got a career on him. Oh gosh. Episode 11. Helen Goes Shopping. Helen binges on TV shopping, and the guys plan an intervention of global proportions to unplug her mad spending. Speaking of unplugged, Marty performs his song, Affection, Unplugged in a Warehouse, in a popular music video. So Marty performing a song is the B-plot, but the A-plot is Helen discovers checks. As he does the Valky from Perfect Strangers in season one motion. We have a name in this episode, believe it or not. Cal Gibson. He played the IBC guard in Scrooge and was on an episode of Quantum Leap. And I believe we've talked about this episode, Greg. So help me God, July 29th, 1957. Okay. Does that ring any bells? Something like that. Episode 12, The Game of Games. The new monkeys are contestants on a game show. Unfortunately, they get caught up in the excitement and wager all of their possessions. Hold on a second. Do they wager 22,000 big ones? Yes, they do. (laughs) All right. I have an observation here. This is episode 12, and we know there's only 13 episodes. Yes. I think it would have been really appropriate if this was the final episode. They wagered everything, and they lost. And they're so goodbye. Thank you for showing up. Wouldn't that have been a perfect finale? We're going to wager everything we own on this mystery question. And, you know, they're given the question and they're like, uh, I don't know. You're wrong. And then the host turns, breaks the the fourth wall, uh, and looks at the camera and says, not only did you lose your possessions, you're canceled! (laughs) They might as well have been, because I'm getting ahead of myself. I am getting ahead of myself. I just want to bring up one more thing before we get to the last episode, and that one of the sketches in this episode was written by Walter Williams, who created Mr. Bell for SNL. Oh, no! Now I'm going to talk about the last episode. Oh, please. I hope they go on the game show again and lose all their possessions. But I don't think it's going to happen. When the show gets a new soundtrack, with voices dubbed by the Firesign Theater, who we talked about in the Starland Vocal Band show, the boys dream the whole show is changing. In this version, Jared and Helen are the parents of three naughty boys. It's a clip show. And that's how you're going out. Like I said, make it the last episode and put this bottle episode, clip episode as number 12. And the boys are wagering everything on this mystery question. And they miss. There's your perfect closure to the show. You don't have any cliffhangers. You don't have any loose ends you need to clean up. The boys lost everything. Their show's gone. Their popularity is gone. It's beautiful. 12-year-old me wishes he was writing on this show because the way we close this show, I'm sorry, that's just like when I married Dora, they broke that fourth wall about when the airplane flight got canceled. Oh, and so did our show. Bye, everybody. Beautiful, beautiful closure. You could have had that here. Oh, you lost everything on this question. And that includes the show. You're out of here. So, I guess we can ask the question now. 
what happened? And I kind of sort of alluded it to at the beginning of the show where people who were really jazzed about the monkeys in the mid-1980s, they were tuning into this show expecting the monkeys. The thing of it was, these weren't the monkeys. These were the new monkeys. And unlike the old monkeys, which had charm and grit to go with their zaniness, this show just had four guys with absolutely no chemistry. And all it had was zaniness. It sort of lost what made the original work, if that makes any sense. You said what happened? What happened? It sucked. It sucked? No, I mean, seriously, looking at these capsules, this isn't like the goofy antics of the original monkeys. This is absurdity. I mean, there's no realism here. It doesn't even sound all that fun. It's just four people goofing around in really highly fictitious and, like I said, abstract type of settings. Plus, also, taking a look at, like, the TV stations that aired it, this did not get a lot of coverage. This wasn't one of those shows like Munsters Today, Your Mama's Family, where, like, 90 or 95% of the country carried it. This had a low percentage rate from what I can see. Yeah, I know it aired in New York City on WNYW, Fox 5. And in Los Angeles, it aired on KTLA, that powerhouse down there. And in Chicago, it aired not on WGN, which probably would have been the best play. It aired on WPWR 50, which... If you've ever seen clips from that era, it looked like an end-of-the-dial TV station. And Coca-Cola actually planned on making 22 of these episodes, but the ratings weren't there, and they just stopped at 13. You can argue that they stopped at 12, because the 13th episode was a clip show. It's like, hey, we're going to air 13 episodes but we only need you for 12 because the 13th is going to be a clip show with somebody else voicing you. And hey, if it were to work, the show would have promoted the band and the band would have promoted the show. Unfortunately, neither the show nor the band worked. And both, by the end of 1987, disappeared without a trace. Larry went on to front a band in the 90s. Jared became a technical advisor on several military-themed movies and served in the Army Reserves. Dino became a producer and director. And Marty continues to compose music for television. But again, a funny thing happens on the way to pop culture obscurity. In 2007, the group got together to perform again. I know! And they performed again in 2017. In the middle of another podcast, Deep Dish Radio with Tim Powers, they performed a few songs... And two years later, in February 16, 2019, they performed a sold-out concert at the Pagan Whistle in Los Angeles, which featured an appearance by Mickey Dolenz. What? So we finally come full circle with the new monkeys performing with... I guess the remnants of the old monkeys. Okay, I need some clarification, Chico. When you say they performed in a sold-out concert... This is from Truth by Consensus said, Wikipedia. Okay, I'm calling that into play because, I'm sorry, I don't think these folks could have a sell-out concert at a bar mitzvah. I'm calling the Wikipedia articles truth in this. I'm calling okay. it out... Because, yeah, I, these guys 
couldn't even perform in a friggin' bar mitzvah. I'm sorry. A bar mitzvah, you a say? A bar mitzvah. That nice. Yeah. What, what would you want me to say? A, a sixth birthday party? No, I'm going to the bar mitzvah. Oh, hold on, Chief. What, what, hold on, Chief. What's that, uh, that sweet 16 party for like, um, for like, Quinceanera? Uh, Quinceanera. Yeah. They They're not good stop. enough for a quinceanera. What? They're well. I shouldn't say they're only good enough for a bar mitzvah. That'd be pretty mean. But yeah, I I, I, I cannot believe they actually performed at a sold out anything. Was this like a bar venue? Yes, it was a pub on Hollywood okay. Boulevard. There's that a explains big it. pub on Hollywood Boulevard. That explains it. Oh, but also we should say. Since the time of this concert, when we said it was in 2019, the place has since closed. Should have called John Taffer, you? No, it's because of COVID. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But still, I find it very interesting. Two years after they performed at this bar, restaurant, whatever you want to call it, they gone. They gone. Coincidentally. But... Maybe the time has come for a bit of a new monkeys renaissance, somewhat like the old monkeys. Who knows? It is the 35th anniversary. Well, no, we just passed the 35th anniversary. Well, screw that. Last year, the, last year was the 35th anniversary. Well, 36th anniversary, we could have like another new monkeys album. No, I just like Greg's reaction. Oh, it was 35 years ago. It was a perfect time to have a new version of the monkeys. Uh, it's now 36 years. Ah, damn it! <laughs> we could have had a third new version of the monkeys. And you know, it probably would have been better than this. It would have. I just thought of something, okay? You know what was better than the new monkeys? Remember the boy band Steve was on in American Dad? Boys 12. Oh, no. Boys 12? That was better than the new monkeys. That was better than the new monkeys. But hey, maybe it's time for the new monkeys to make a comeback. Maybe. Fingers crossed. So, we did get a CD out of this group. It's time for eBay prices, right? Thank you very much for saving me because I just literally pulled up eBay and typed in new monkeys and we said it's time for eBay prices, right? Close window. I didn't take a look at anything. That is a copy of the new Monkeys vital LP record signed by Larry Saltis. It's only a quarter sign. No. Yeah. It's only signed by one new monkey. But I gotta appreciate that he put in the inscription, Rock on. Rock on, Larry Saltis. The dealer is located in Southport, North Carolina, which is just a couple hours from my house. Uh, all right, uh, Greg, give us a bid. $35. Mike? One penny and no more. But I will say this. The cover of the CD album, whatever this is, I'm getting some serious Andy Warhol vibes. Oh, so am I. I think that's what they were going for. But I still say one penny, and I would not even pay that much. Well, the actual buy it now price. I hope you paid off your Amex, kids. Fifty nine dollars. I win. I saw copies for twenty five dollars. Apparently, Larry Saltis's autograph is worth an additional thirty. You know what, Greg? I wouldn't be surprised because you hate money. I wouldn't be surprised if you buy that by the end of this episode. I could just pay Chico the money after this show. <laughs> he could go down and say, hey, we got 60 bucks. I'll take it off your hands. You could do that. Uh, anyway, yeah, the new monkeys, they made music. They made magic. 
And for four Halcyon months in 1987, they made this thing on TV. And right now, if you want to, you could go on iTunes and buy that very album for $7.99. I've spent more on less. I've spent less on more, Chico. Thank you. And Greg's probably looking at his phone, pressing buttons right now, because as we all know, Greg Dieter hates money. Greg, how many times do you have to hit the buy it now button? He's still hitting it, apparently. While Greg works on his cover of Last Train to Clarksville, which, by the way, played for a bit on this run of the New Monkeys, and all the New Monkeys looked at the TV and said, Dad? Because it was Mickey Dolan's. Anyway, while Greg is spending more money, you can go to our website. It was a thing on TV.com. We have all of our episodes, all of our mini-sodes, all the links to all of our socials. We are everywhere at It Was a Thing on TV, except for Facebook, because Mark Zuckerberg was rejected for the New Monkeys, so we were left with It Was a Thing on TV podcast as retribution. Again, Greg, you want to remind us of the Mastodon server, please? Yeah, we're at It Was a Thing on TV at TV Watch That Party. Oh, and by the way, we're still on Hive Social. And by the way, since we last talked about the Hive social page, an update, there's now a Hive Android app. So if you, have, if you have iOS or Android, you can follow us at It Was A Thing On TV at Hive Social. Yes. And of course, we're on all major podcast streaming platforms. Like and subscribe. Rate and review. Five stars only because positive vibes only. And if you're listening to on YouTube, don't forget to smack the notification bell so you can stay up to date on all of our future entries, like what we have in store for Thursday. That's right, friends. Our trip through the 80s is not over yet. Or maybe it is. Dum dum dum. This will make sense when you listen to the next episode of It Was a Thing on TV. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one. Wow! Miami Sound Machine would bet you say that. And I'm backstage, as you can tell, with new monkeys, and welcome to the show. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. You know, not. I know you're going to always be compared with the original monkeys. You can't help that, of course. Now, one of the things they got a lot of flack for during their career was the fact that they didn't play their own instruments. Now, are you guys musicians or actors first? Huh? Uh, we, we play... He is he is an actor. He's the epitome of an actor. But he's also his music is on his side. I think I know. We're the musicians, but we don't uh well, we act. <laughs> That's what you want to call it. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a crazy salad of talent, I guess. Or lack well, do, of do your angry. Do your angry. Do it just angry really well. <laughs> now look at that. That is acting. Are you sure acting is the first consideration? Well we'll we'll soon see. Anyway,